Welcome to Everyday Wellness. I'm Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my colleague, Cynthia Thurlow. I'm a nurse practitioner, and we are both super passionate about food, here to educate, inspire, and advocate for you for your best health. Hey, hey, wanted to come to you today and talk to you about some of the things that Kelly and I are really loving these days. And one of them are the Dry Farm Wines. And I'm not sure how much you know about this company, but what really makes them different and unique is that they are sourcing wines from organic vineyards where there are low to no sugar or carbs. And interestingly enough, most modern wines have more sugar than a liter of soda. Scary, right? They're lower in alcohol, they're lower in sulfites, and sulfites are kind of those things that can cause a lot of uh, symptoms. You know, sometimes people will get headaches and histamine responses, etc. They are one of our sponsors for our podcast, and we'd love for you to take advantage of trying out some of their wines. They have lots of options. I love their rosés, but you can go to www.dryfarmwines.com backslash Cynthia Thurlow and you can check out what they have there and try some things out and definitely let us know what you think. Hello everyone. We are so excited today to be joined by Lance Isios. He's lived a pretty eventful life, but one thing it's never been was easy. Throughout his amazing journey, he's had to overcome some incredible challenges and adversities, which led him to rise from rock bottom on more than one occasion. From almost playing professional hockey to traveling the world, running some of the top bars in Australia, he has never lived a dull moment. Although he has a ton of life experience through travel and living in different countries, he also had to face some difficult times. He battled with drugs and alcohol through his 20s and had to overcome the loss of his younger brother to suicide, as well as his father to cancer, both within a span of 18 months. Oh boy. After hitting rock bottom for the second time in his life, he made a promise to himself that he would create a new life that was going to have meaning, value, and fulfillment. He made it his mission to show that even though one can be faced with adversity at the worst possible moments of life, there is hope and there is always a light at the end of the dark tunnel. Since making the shift away from being a bar manager two years ago, he has gone on to hone his skill as an internet marketer which allowed him to excel in the area of social media and realize his true purpose, building connections with human beings. With those skills, he's been able to carve out a new path and dive into the podcast world. He has since created the Top 100 podcast, University of Adversity, which has allowed him to interview unique and inspiring human beings with incredible stories of overcoming adversity. Because of the fulfillment podcasting brought him, he decided to take that podcast reality one step further, which allows successful professionals and busy entrepreneurs the chance to bring their dream of podcasting to life without having to sacrifice the time it takes to create and learn all that's required, as well as make sure all valuable content is created and distributed on social media platforms. He continues to follow his passion of connecting with people and striving to be an inspirational influence while living a life of purpose and impact. Welcome, Lance. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's a great intro. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, it's so exciting <laughs> to have you on. I mean, I would love to hear, you know, we had a recent conversation. You mentioned that you have been at a yoga retreat. So tell me what a typical day looks like for you. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's evolved. Um, I, I try to just make sure that I get my morning. 
I try and own my morning, you know, and it's been a struggle over the years trying to get that dialed in because especially when you wake up and you want to look at your phone and, you know, the busier you get, the more notifications you get. So I try and keep my phone on airplane mode most times, not always. <laughs> um, and I just, I get up immediately. I go have a shower just to kind of, um, you know, shock the body a little bit, cold shower, preferably drink water and then go right into a meditation. Always. Once I can do that, then I feel like I've kind of set myself. Um, I've kind of given myself that sort of grounding, which is really important for me. And from there I practice gratitude. I practice, um, affirmations. A lot of the personal development stuff that I, I have implemented has helped me a lot. So that that's been really important. The, the meditation has been really important. And it's funny because um, I recently was away after that yoga retreat, I went away to visit family and I kind of, I, I wanted to do a test to see what it would be like to sort of just do what I used to do and not do the, the meditations and not do that. And just to see if it affected me. And it's amazing how different when you get out of that routine, how different your thoughts get and how different the, the, your whole day becomes when you aren't focused on that first thing in the morning and kind of winning the morning, so to speak. So that was an interesting thing. So now I'm kind of getting back into the rhythm of it and, you know, I want to install that again. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much on a perfect day. Those are the things that I like to do. So when did you implement this routine and how did you come to realize that you wanted it to have those components? Just trial and error. You know, I, um, when I got into this, when I first got into the online space, I got into the network marketing and direct sales stuff because, you know, I wanted to work, I wanted something different in the bars. Right. And what I realized was that there was a lot of personal development that went into that. And I started to learn, I started to read and I just started to really hear, I wanted to listen to people who had good results. You know, the people like Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, just all the great minds that I look up to. And I started to just pay attention um, what are these guys doing? How are they winning? You know, what are they doing? And instead of listening to people that aren't winning or, or are unhappy, start kind of focusing on the things that help people. And I just started hearing meditation more and more gratitude. Pr gratitude has been a huge thing for me, actually appreciating what you have as opposed to focusing on what you don't have. And that that's been huge. And the more books you read, you start to read this stuff more and you start to hear, you start to hear these big people talking about this stuff. And then I just, I was like, well, what do I have to lose? So I implemented it and I'm not perfect. I don't do it every day. I can't, when I don't, my day isn't as, isn't as productive and successful, but when I do, it's a great day. I don't know why I don't know the, the science of it, but it works out. And, and yeah, as I grow, I just realized that the importance of it and that you have to have that time. and. I continue to just hear more and more and more the reason that the successful people do it. So for me, that's kind of, I wanted to model that for myself and in hopes that it kind of helps bring success into my life. Well, I love the concept of a ritual, you know, whether it's something you do before bed or when you get up in the morning. And I know this summer uh, for myself, I, I used to do at least 15 minutes of professional development reading when my kids were in school and I've fallen off the wayside and I'm actually looking forward to when they go back to school to kind of jive back into that. You know, you mentioned, you know, Tim Ferriss, you mentioned um, Tony Robbins. Who are you, like what book or who are you really kind of affiliating yourself with right now? Is there someone that's really resonating with you um, 
I yeah. find that, you know, a lot of our guests bring on, you know, give us opportunities to learn about new people that we ourselves can look into. Yeah. It's, it's funny because there's been really, there's been different books that have impacted me in different ways, but as far as like the person who I, who kind of was, who I kind of like, what's the kind of caused that shift in my mindset was Tony Robbins, hundred mm-hmm. percent. He's my guy. I just came back from Unleash the Power Within in, in March. Um, he's amazing. There's something about the guy. And I saw something in him that I want, I, I want to be. And that's who I wanted to strive to be towards. Will I be him? No. But will I, can I be my own version of myself? Yes. But he, he, he's been doing this for, you know, 40 years. So he's honed in on this, this, you know, thing that he's worked at. And he talks about how much, how hard he's worked at becoming that person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just happen, right? He's like, I worked hard to create this. And I like that because I know that it's, it's going to take time and I know that it's going to take effort to become that, st- that status. But I know that it's, it's possible for anybody if they just sort of work on the things on the daily basis. And with Tony, there was just something that inspired me about the guy. There's, there's not many people that really lift me up mm-hmm. like he did. And I don't know. He just, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And um, actually as well, Tim Ferriss, he was another one. You know, Tools of the Titans was a huge, there's a book that I remember I was living in Australia and I just quit drinking and I was sitting on the beach and I was kind of, kind of on my new adventure. And then I had his book and I would read it and I would, I was just like, there's all these amazing people talking about the things that they use to be successful. And Tony was in there. And then that's kind of where, you know, I started to learn about like, wow, this is, this is cool. They're actually human beings. They actually, you know, and you start to learn that why they become successful. So. Well, I want to go back to that time. And maybe it was in Australia when you sort of went from this life of hockey and bars and drinking to where you are now like what is the mindset shift that happened and what came together to cause you to think about life in a different yeah it's a great question um you know i had during my bartending days i had towards the end when i was in australia i had this sort of nudge telling i was getting interested in in like, I read the book, The Power of Now, probably in 2014. And that kind of installed a seed into me that was like, hmm, this is, this is something I've never thought about. Because I was reading a lot of biographies and a lot of like depressing stuff. Like I was reading Red Hot Chili Peppers biography. I was reading a bunch of stuff that was like not making me feel very good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading about people who are um, drinking and drugs and all this stuff. And then here I'm doing that. So then I started reading different things. I started thinking, well, this doesn't make me feel good. So why am I reading it? So then as I started to go into the bar, deeper into the bar world and into wanting to quit, I just realized how bad it made me feel. And I constantly knew in the back of my mind that I had to get away from that. You know, I'm not against drinking. I think there's a time and place for drinking for everybody. But for me, it took a hold of me. Like it, 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 it just doesn't, it just didn't work with me. And it just turned me into, it turned off my light. It just mm-hmm. made me, it turned me, it turned me into this person that I could be feeling amazing in one way. And the next day I'm depressed. I'm in this dark place and, and I just kept doing it. And the mindset shift was just that I loved people. I loved interacting with people. I love the challenge of someone sitting at the bar, having the conversation. You know, I, I, I love that. 
And I later really wanted to think about what I liked about the bar industry. And that's what I liked about it. I didn't like the drinking aspect of it, but I liked the people aspect. And it gave me this, this ability to connect with people for my job. And then I get to have fun while I do it and, you know, drink and have fun. And it kind of evolved into that. But then I, I realized that I had a greater purpose in me. I, I knew that I have something in me that can connect with people. And I know I can... I was a good leader. I was a manager. I know I can inspire people. So I was like, I need to make a change here. And especially with dealing with, I went down after we lost my brother, I went down a really dark hole as people can probably imagine. I was just self-loathing and just playing the victim and all that kind of stuff. And then I just wanted to make a change. I was, I was in my thirties and I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Right. And the mindset shift was just that I wanted to make impact. So I started slow and I just got out of the industry and you know, that's kind of it. And it sort of, it's it sort of evolved into what it is today. I love to hear people's backstories because there's, it's no coincidence that the journey that you've been on took you through all these different stages to where you are today, where you're trying, you know, and you are succeeding at touching far more people than you ever did before how do you see your life going? Like, do you have goals for yourself, you know, five years from now? I know that sounds a little bit hokey, but, you know, when, when we interview people that have tremendous depth, I always like to see, like, where do you see yourself going? How do you see your life? How do you, where do you envision your life to be, you know, several years from now? One of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where a Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, Come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. At some point, we've all been sold a big 
fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bi Optimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product with five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Yeah, it's great because at, at first I, I struggled with this because it's it's challenging to think about that, right? And a lot of people don't... don't um, give themselves the time to even write that down and think about it because although it's an easy concept, it's sometimes hard to like put yourself into that. And I've been doing exercises where I'm kind of, and this may sound hokey to people too, but I don't care because I'm going to try it. Um, I kind of write down that like I've already had it in five years. Like mm-hmm. I've, this is where I am and I'm kind of experiencing that already. And yeah, like I, you know, I want to public speak like yourself, you know, I, that's that's something that inspires me to be able to speak to a room to be able to um i i really i i noticed that i liked speaking when i actually back in the bars i one of my my manager was sick and i got called up to do a presentation in front of all the all the managers and stuff and that was the first time i spoke in front of a group and then i got up there and i was like wow this is like exhilarating this yeah. is really yeah you're in your I, zone Cause I knew what I was talking about and I was confident and I could see them really listening. And I was like, wow, these people are really listening to me. Yeah. This is really cool. And it gave me something. So I, I want to spe- be a speaker. I want to be a public speaker for sure. You know, I want to grow our business, our company and just make impact as much as I can grow, evolve, inspire people. That's the thing I love doing is inspiring people any way I can. Yeah. You know, I would love to write a book, multiple books, but I write all this stuff down for sure. And I think it's important for anybody listening yeah. to do this because you owe it to yourself. If you have one life, like you have to at least think about it or write this stuff down because yeah. why not? Like, yeah. right? And from a neuroscience perspective, we know that when we visualize and write things down, our brain doesn't know the difference between something that's real and something that's imagined. So if you're doing a really good job at imagining this stuff and getting clear on it, you're setting those neuronal connections to be more likely to be enacted in the future. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I love, there's like a, you know, after a meditation or something, then get into like writing down. It's, it's challenging. It's challenging sometimes because it's, we want to talk ourselves out of it, right? Our limited beliefs. Oh, you're not going to get there. 
what are you talking about? You know, you got your, it's like, oh, hold it, hold on. Where do you think you can get there? And it's like, no, I am going to get there. It's like these conversations. And it's so true because I think we all have these. Yes. It's kind of be quiet. Like, you know, you're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to stop me kind of thing. And I mean, it's so funny to think about, but I, I really believe that the more you can visualize and I wish I knew this in sports because people talked about visualizing. And I remember junior hockey, we had people oh, visualize you're, you're, you're wearing your gear and you're sweating and you're in the position of, you know, receiving the puck and going. And I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> I was like, this isn't going to work. But it's not human nature. You know, it's human yeah. nature that we're like, I feel silly. I don't understand, yeah. you know. But now it makes sense. I'm like, damn it. If I would have done that, who knows, <laughs> right? But, but you got to put, put yourself in that situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, you talk about imposter syndrome and we have that. Every one of us has that. I, I think we don't talk enough about it in society, uh, but it can be pretty powerful if you try to convince yourself that you can't do something, you're incapable of doing something. Um, the best example I can give you most recently was when I did my most recent TED Talk and the speakers that were there were just phenomenal. And I heard each one of them speak and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not good as them. I'm not as good as them. And then I got up there and I, and during practice, I completely choked. And then when I was done and I talked to my coach and I looked at my 11 year old that I was in South Carolina with, and I said, we're going to go have fun today. And I'm just going to get out of this mindset because I know I'm good enough to be here. I'm totally good, but it's, it's human nature that we will doubt ourselves. And that in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. As long as we don't allow it to derail us from pursuing what we're really interested in pursuing. Yeah. And I think that fear comes up to protect us. Like that. Mm-hmm designed to do, but we need to tell that primal part of our brain that we don't need to be protected here, right? There aren't people in the TED audience who are going to <laughs> not a real concern. Yeah. 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 And so, sure. and so Lance, you know, you talked about having an impact and it seems like that's definitely what you're doing with your podcast. Can you talk a little bit more about your podcast and the kind of guests you bring on and how you go about that? Yeah. So University of Adversity was inspired from my story. I, 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 look, I got into podcasting because I initially just wanted to grow and help my business that I was doing. And by sharing, because I found, I've told the story a few times, but I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of give you some clarity on why I even started it is because I felt at the time it was really challenging um, with Facebook ads and all this stuff, trying to really show who I was, right? you know, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing a lot of go lives and even go lives. A lot of people don't watch them. Um, and I was, you know, they're great, but it wasn't enough for me. It was like, okay, what well, I need to do something that's going to really show people who I am. Right. So I'm like, I have a story. I've been through a lot of shit in my life and I'm like, you know, my story, I started to realize that it matters because I was thinking, wow, like I could, I could probably help some people if I shared this. And so I decided, okay, well, I like the word adversity and I started to get into like playing with words. And then I was like university of adversity and kind of, sh- and then it got into, I, I get inspired. I like inspiring stories. So like, that's all I can base off what I'm doing. I, I have to do what I liked because then I'll be able to do it better, you know, than doing something that I don't really know or I'm passionate about. So it kind of started and I started interviewing people and then more people started coming my way. And I was like, I really enjoy this just being able to connect with these people and they're all kinds of different people. 
there's, there's all kinds of things. And at first when I started, I thought I had to find people who have just been through like serious, you know, accidents or what, or I don't know, trauma, but I've realized that it doesn't necessarily have to be that way because not everybody can relate to that. And it's, and adversity shows up in so many different forms Mm -hmm. that I've been able to talk to some wide range of people and to be able to pull out the adversity that is more, is, is practical for people to kind of be like, Oh, okay. That's kind of like me. You know, I don't, I can't relate to that, but I can relate to that. And I feel like it's sort of evolved into what it is today. And with the podcasting, like you guys have probably noticed as you go on, you grow and you kind of want to take things and evolve and change. And, and I'm kind of right at the point now where I want to like take it next level and start to um, evolve and decide like, what kind of guests do I want to have? What is, what direction is this going to go? Because um, you can't have everybody and you, you, you know, you want to, um, you know, you want it to grow and you want to keep it interesting. So in that regard, it's been really interesting on how, how I've kind of from, from day one to now and the confidence and, and that you build through this. And, and yeah, I just, I was so passionate about it that I, I, you know, I had to do it as a, as my actual business because it made sense to me, it, 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 you know, to be able to give people that same sort of experience or to take the load off what they're, they're you know, what they're dealing with, because it is, it can be stressful putting together a podcast, right? It can be. Um, not for everybody, but some people like myself, I would, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my team. Yeah. You know, um, I wouldn't have been able to, like, I can say that honestly. And, um, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's been quite the rewarding journey and yeah, I, I definitely, I don't regret a single thing on how it's become what it is today. No. And, and if you haven't listened to Lance's podcast, it's pretty amazing. And, and I think, you know, when you look at Lance and, and you hear a little bit about his story, you, you come to realize you make assumptions, you know, how can he kind of identify with adversity? And then you hear your story and it makes you realize like we're all connected. All of us have had some degree of adversity or strife or pain in our lives. And I think that's a universal kind of condition to feel so connected to one another. So maybe you listen to a podcast episode of yours and you maybe didn't go through that same exact thing, but you can identify with that feeling. We've all had those experiences and it makes us so much more relatable. Like we don't relate to perfect. And I think that's part of what I've come to know. And I I know Kelly as well, you know, when we're connecting with our guests, just recognizing like what makes us relatable is the fact that none of us are perfect. Um, And it's that perfectly imperfect as I always refer to it. But kind of pivoting, I'd love for you to tell us, you know, how did you get from Vancouver is where you grew up? How did you make your way to Australia? It seems, I mean, because they're not all that close. So I'm just curious, like, what brought you down there? Was it just, did you go on vacation and you were on permanent vacation? What brought you down there? Was there a girl? Um, yeah, oh, this is, it's funny because I haven't been asked that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. No one's asked me that question. It's so, it's good because it's, um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, which is like a small, uh, not a small town, a city in Canada. And I moved to Victoria when I was about 11. So Vancouver Island, okay. kind of the West coast. And then I moved to Vancouver in 2007, which was like, I was going through a lot of, um, family stuff. I have on top of all that stuff, there's a whole other rabbit hole conversation about my, what was going on. So I, I kind of moved away from the island, Vancouver Island to Vancouver to get away from it because it was very stressful. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I started working in the bars here in Vancouver, all the nightclubs and bars and stuff. And it was just toxic. 
it was just a toxic lifestyle. Like I've talked about a lot of fun. Some of the best times of my life. I'm not going to say it's all bad. It was a lot of fun, a lot of parties, a lot of, lots of crazy stuff. But it, um, <clears throat> on top of that, I went through a breakup at the time I was 29 and I was like, okay, I need to get out of this for the first, the first time. And I thought I was going to, so my actual, my ex-girlfriend at the time had kind of installed Australian in my head. She was talking about, it and I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. But then we broke up and I was like, well, I kind of still want to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she'd even remember her saying that, but like I was, that's kind of what got the, the, the juices flowing. So I decided to sell everything. Um, you know, all my furniture, everything. And my roommate came with me at the time. We were just basically like, you know, just that's it. We're going. That's, I, I didn't care. Didn't have any money. I think I had a line of credit. That was it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I like paid off debt, just left and went to Australia thinking I was going to get a new job somewhere else, not get into the bars. And then it took me there and I just got right back into it. You know, even, even worse. So, um, but yeah, it was, I, I just wanted to get away and just enjoy traveling before because I think there was a visa restriction by the time you're 32, you can't go live in Australia. And I just wanted to work and travel. And yeah, I ended up going, I wanted to go six months. I stayed five years. Wow. Wow. So, and I probably would have stayed there if my other girlfriend at the time but that we moved, she, she was from France. We were, we're not together anymore, but um, she, she really wanted to move back, be closer to, to Europe being here in Canada in Vancouver. So I, I was like, okay, well we might as well go back to Canada. So it's, it all worked out, but I probably would have stayed there. So who knows how different things would have been. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the lessons that you learned from either working in the bars or your time in Australia or time traveling? If you, if you could distill down some of your experience. Yeah, I well, it comes down to adversity for sure. It's like the 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 adversities are what make us. You know, they're the challenges are what makes us. It's not when everything is going smooth. Unfortunately, it's great when things are going smooth, right? Well, fortunately, it's it's amazing. Who what doesn't want that? But we don't grow when things are smooth. It's like I've realized that. Wow, okay, this is happening, but I'm going to grow from this. So. A lot of the times my perspective my, that I learned there was instead of being the victim, I kind of, now I'm more empowered. And those were sort of the things like everything was back then was sort of like, why is this happening to me? Why? Why? Poor me, right? And, and, and these things kept happening and a lot of people do this in their life. So for me, I just learned to sort of take ownership of it and know that, okay, this sucks, but I'm going to feel it. I'm going to deal with it and it's going to teach me something. And of course, I'm not saying I've got it all figured out, but that's kind of what I've tried to tell myself and to realize that this, those, those things that are happening are happening for you so that you can grow from them. Because if they don't happen, then, then what? Then you're just going to stay the same, right? So those are kind of the things that the challenges and the struggles, you got to love it. You got to crave it. You got to dance with it, right? You got to, you got to really you don't fight it. You don't run from it. You dance with it. You work with it. And that's kind of how my, the lesson in perspective is that shifted into my life now. So. And I think that's such a healthy way to look at it. You know, I think we have a culture that is so largely uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And the only way we change and grow is if we just accept that sometimes things aren't going to feel good and sometimes things aren't going to go perfectly. And 
you know, we've got a culture that tries to numb themselves and it could be just numbing yourself with sitting, uh, you know, doing social media 24 seven or, uh, you know, having, getting involved with people you shouldn't get involved with or doing activities you shouldn't be involved with. If you, if someone that's, that's listening today is kind of struggling, they're, they're not dealing well with a lot of change and adversity in their lives, what would be some of the recommendations or tips you would give them? You know, having, having lived your life and, and, you know, and, and though you're still very, very young, um, what would be the recommendations or suggestions you would give them? Yeah, no, for sure. And like, just say I'm, I'm far, far from perfect or figure, having it figured out. That's for sure. This is only basis on what I've, what I see as, as important for me. So hopefully people could get value kind of like, you know, you got to kind of ask yourself, you know, what's, what is your, your habits look like? Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. The indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some circumstances, up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? I want to introduce you to a product by Air Doctor that has captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that have the potential to go on and make us sick. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day, breathe-easy, money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorrow.com and use code CYNTHIA. You'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 in value. Look at the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code Cynthia. I absolutely love my air filters. They're an integral component to ensuring that the air that my family breathes in our home is as safe as possible. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. What are you eating, right? This is like what you, 
a lot of people don't realize the impact that what they put in their body has to their mental state. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you're going to go and eat burgers and pizza, it's going to make you feel worse and you're going to look at the situation worse than you would have if you were eating clean and exercising, right? Totally. Like it, it's, I did it. I did this experiment. Like I was saying, I was, I was visiting my mom, my family, and I was like, I'm just going to like see how this goes. <laughs> and the first day I was feeling great and we started we started to eat bad and, you know, I haven't eaten gluten or pizza in like ages. And I did. And I literally felt like a different person and the littlest things were annoying me. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. And that may sound, you know, crazy to some people or whatever, but it's, you won't know until you take that stuff out and then you put it back in that it affects you. So I would just say, look at what your habits are. What are you putting in your body? What are you consuming? You know, if you're going through a hard time, is it actually that hard or are you just kind of making it harder on yourself with, because if you're doing the right things, you're exercising, you're hydrating, you're eating right, you're doing these things that are going to fundamentally add the tools to your toolbox, meditation, those problems, those struggles won't seem as hard as they would. So I would kind of just take an assessment of my, of of your daily your daily habits and do they, do they make sense? And if they don't, then try something different, right? That, that would be, that's what I had to do in my life. And now I can actually see the contrast that if I have the same problem and I'm not exercising, I'm not eating well, I'm not breathing, I'm not doing all these things that help me, then that problem is a lot worse. And I look at it like, Oh no, like and it. Yeah. That's just the way our brains work. Right. Absolutely. So, So it all goes back to self-care. I think that's really what you're saying is, you know, honoring your body, you know, kind of checking in with yourself, seeing what habits work and what habits do not. Um, Do you, I'm just curious, uh, because Kelly and I are like big sleep people. Are you, do you have a sleep ritual or are you very protective of your sleep habits? Because we're starting to find a correlation. Um, This is my anecdotal evidence, but starting to find a correlation with people that are highly successful, generally are very protective of their sleep. They're getting proper amounts of sleep. They're doing the self-care piece, but just curious what your sleep rituals are like. Yeah. So this is, this is something I've struggled with. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can, I can definitely be um, open about this is that my nighttime ritual, my sleep has, has been challenging because for some reason I enjoy eating in the evening and I can fast all day, no problem. But for some reason, come along eight, nine, I don't know what it is. It's just like, okay, I, I, I have this urge to like eat fruit or some, something and I know it affects my sleep. And I know I shouldn't be eating three to four hours before bed if I want the best sleep. But for some reason, I've struggled with it. And I would say to anybody that, yeah, if you want to have the best sleep, don't eat a few hours before bed, right? And you would probably say the same. <laughs> yeah. And that itself, I find, is massive at, at creating a better sleep because your body's not digesting food, right? It makes total sense. Also, I would suggest that, like for anybody to make sure if you're looking at your phone to have blue blocker glasses, mm-hmm. I've been wearing them for years. They, I have to. If I don't have those on and I'm on my phone, I can't sleep. It wakes up the back of your brain. You may fall asleep in the middle of the night. You'll wake up and you'll be like, why am I awake? That's why. And that, 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 that is super important. And I think if you can have that routine of turning your phone off, committing to it 
reading, having a tea, all that, then, then that's great. But I haven't mastered that yet. You know, still working on it. It's, it's one of those things where people are like, Oh yeah, I do all this stuff at night. It's no problem. I'm like, okay, this is a challenge for me. So I know the right things I need to be doing, but for some reason, the nighttime just likes to mess with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you being so vulnerable about that and open because I think that that's just part of your story too. And I think that one of the things you've really demonstrated here is that that's how we connect to people. Right. You have had a lot of success and have really grown a lot, but there are still things that you're working on. There's still things that you're struggling with. And I think that that's just called reality, right? There is no there. We're always kind of a work in progress and evolving and changing. And I think that you represent that as well as what you bring with your podcast. Yeah, there's no, thank you. There's, there's no finish line. That's the thing. <laughs> it's a journey. I mean, it's, that's what I tell people all the time. It's a journey, not a race. Yeah. Yeah. I think two of the other things that really stood out to me were your recognition of awareness and how it is to be aware of the habits that are bringing you down. And then the second step would be to take responsibility for those habits and realize that you've had a role in getting yourself to wherever you are, but also understanding that you have the responsibility and the ability to make a change and get yourself out of that situation that that might not be one magical change that changes everything, but as you were mentioning, kind of a series of changes, putting your morning together in a certain way and and continuing to build on things. So as we wrap up here, and you've given us lots of great tips, but we like to leave our listeners with two very specific things that they can do to improve their health and wellness every day. So if you were to give them just two tips, what would they be? Meditation, 100% and um move your body you know not everybody's into weights not everybody's into whatever but go outside or just move your body you know change the physiology it's classic tony robbins and it's so right what is i think he says um motion create motion creates emotion i think it's something like that sorry tony if i butchered that but the <laughs> the, the whole thing is like <laughs> yeah well he is he is <laughs> no, but you know, just, just to move your body because then you're, you're going to create, you know, you're going to create something different. Your physiology is so important, right? So breathing. Yeah. And, and exercise is so, so important and making sure that, you know, you have that. And once th- this is the thing, it's like, test it as well. Test the things, try to not try and do, trying to get into the zone without those things and then do those things and then pick the ones that work better. Right. So yeah, definitely breath work, sit still, whether it's, you know, quiet or you want to listen to um, some sort of music, don't put pressure on yourself with meditation. A lot of people think it has to be one way and it just doesn't. There's all kinds of ways. And the main thing is to just sit there and just don't think about stuff. I know it's like, just listen to music if you have to. And then yeah, move your body exercise. Super, super important. Oh, quieting the mind. That is a challenge for many of us, myself included. Lance, it's a pleasure to have you on. We definitely want to bring you back. And I think your insights are going to be really, you know, valuable for everyone. I I applaud all the hard work you've done getting your podcast um, up to 80 episodes. I think you mentioned if you're not listening to University of Diversity, you definitely should. Uh, Lance is a great interviewer. And uh, thank you for carving a little bit of time out of your day for us. 
Thank you so much. It was, uh, it was awesome. And yeah, the, encourage your listeners to go listen to our episode when you were on there as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. And actually, you know, that's actually what got us connected for yeah. real. Yeah. So grateful for that. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions or would like us to discuss a certain topic, please feel free to email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can find out more about Kelly at kellydonahuephd.com and more about Cynthia at cynthiathurlow.com.